Today's podcast is sponsored by MPB, the online pricing engine that provides the right price for any camera or lens. Get free kit pickup and get paid within days or without leaving your home. How much could you get? Find out with a free instant quote at www.mpb.com forward slash sell. Hello and welcome to the AV Forums Movies Podcast for Monday the 7th of August 2023. Tonight I am joined by Tom Davis. This is me. Simon Crust. I love Tom's hoodie. And Mark Costello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) What? Has to be one. This week (laughs) we take a look at the uh, insane marketing monolith that is Barbenheimer. Uh, with Barbie having just pulled in over a billion and uh, Oppenheimer extending its run in IMAX. Um, And we commiserate the missed opportunity of a Ben Wheatley-directed blockbuster with um, Meg 2. We enjoy uh, the Spider-Verse vibe with the surprisingly good Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Mutant Mayhem. I mean, it needs a few more mutants in that title. Check out Gerard Butler's latest, Kandahar. Coming straight to Amazon Prime as an original. Uh, we reviews, ju- review Jaws 2 on 4K. And the better than it had any right to be Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Uh, on 4K as well. Uh, we also look at a few TV shows that should come to an end, like Marvel's disappointing Secret Invasion. I'm going to say it's disappointing. Nobody watched it. <laughs> it's it's not disappointing if your expectations are already zero. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. Uh, and a few that have come back, like Future Armor. Um, right, let's dive straight in. Competitions, Mark. Uh, yes, you can still win a number of titles from my last month's top ten rundown, including Carmen, The Lair, Frontiers, May, and the Cosa Nostra set. Uh, in addition, you can also win Dungeons & Dragons, Super Mario Brothers, and Justice League War World on Blu-ray, and Sam Peckinpah's Cross of Iron on limited edition 4K Steelbook, uh, which is great. Uh, and even though it's early days for my August top ten, which only went live today, we've already got a number of competitions lined up, but I think only one of them's live arguably it's one of the best ones for the feudal rock anime inu o that i've entered that one live (laughs) go and win that because it's a i want it Uh, so (laughs) head over to avforums.com forward slash competitions furniture and all competitions are open to eligible av forums members resident in the uk nice uh, previous winners, supporter David M won Shazam 2 on Blu-ray, supporter Phileas won Black Demon on Blu-ray, and is actually looking forward to it. He says he's read Ooh. your review, Mark, but he's a sucker Ooh. for bad shark movies. I told him he's in He for will a treat. love it then. <laughs> this is a bad shark movie. Uh, to- Togusa won Champions on Blu-ray, Star Supporter Count Jedi won Justice League Times RWBY Part 1 on Blu-ray. Uh, it's a serial number. Uh, Star Supporter, yeah, Nobler won Strange New Worlds 4K Steelbook. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Supporter nice. Go to Go Sub won 65 on Blu ray, and Star Supporter Age JP2 won Le Mepri on 4K. Well done, everyone. Uh, new patrons Mark B is a brand new patron, so thank you very much for joining the club. Thank you, Mark B. He's right, good, you're... he's he's one better than Mark C. <laughs> what, or, or, or is he what on the less yeah what's that on the number scale <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> right, let's have some movie reviews and news. Well, there's no escaping it. And given we weren't here last week to to, to go through the crazy people. of it, yeah, it's time to go full on Barbenheimer. Uh, I mean, it is a phenomenon. I don't think even mm. Tom Cruise and Paramount were expecting it. They were warned. We've all read the uh, IMAX notice from the IMAX chief saying, please move Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 because Oppenheimer's coming and the Paramount's execs go, no, we're not going to move. It's fine. It's Tom Cruise. Look what he did with Top Gun. Uh, but well and truly trounced. I mean, mm. Barbie and Oppenheimer came out and this really crazy phenomenon came up like the concept of seeing this three-hour movie about oppenheimer and nuclear physics and uh, dropping a dropping a bomb and a proper character study most a lot of it in black and white watching that as well as the ultra super color barbie two hours of (laughs) of uh, Barbie, uh, it seems like an insane package. And I know lots of people who had intended on doing this double bill and flaked out at the last minutes when they realized one was three hours long and the other was Barbie. The other was Barbie. The other was Bar- Barbenheimer sounded like, <laughs> like, it sounded like a great plan, but um, I've seen Oppenheimer. So let's do Oppenheimer first because you know, I've seen Oppenheimer. I saw it in IMAX, loved it in IMAX. I thought... I actually thought that I wouldn't. I, it wouldn't have the same effect at home. The way they um, really got inside the mind of someone who can see almost another dimension, another world of atoms, and the way they brought that to life with this insane sort of insomnia and reverberations and visuals and sound all blasted up on the biggest screen you could imagine uh it was it was a a tremendous experience um i thought it was cleverly done nolan once again using time his advantage to tell a story which possibly chronologically would have been a little bit more dry and instead was repurposed using his time jumps to make it a bit more of a kind of a whodunit come the end. Uh, and that coupled with a, a character study led by Cillian Murphy, who is the, the, the best performance of his career, um, really nails Oppenheimer and the struggle. Uh, and a shout out for Rob Downey Jr., unrecognizably taking on a role which was quite anti Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> and, and doing it. Uh, Emily Blunt also had the for me, the best scene in the entire movie. She's tremendous. And uh, Florence Pugh really nailed it too. Um, I thought it was... By it, do you mean Killian Murphy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? She, she, uh, you know, she managed to absolutely portray this person who would drag someone who was defence security cleared towards communist affiliations just you know she nailed that palpable seductive allure 
you know, without really saying a great deal or wearing a great deal, but she she did. Nailed she it. absolutely nailed it. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really good. I I struggled in the final hour. I think possibly because I found the first two hours just perfect momentum. Um, but it was it's a tremendous memorable movie. It's it was very good. I haven't got around to Barbie yet. The family, the rest of the family have seen it. My wife loved it. My daughter hated it. Hated it. She doesn't. It's the first time she's ever come out of a movie saying she's hated something. My son loved it. But you should take that with a pinch of salt because he gives everything 10 out of 10 and uh, Mission Impossible films 11 out of 10 and Maverick 100 out of 10. So when he gave this an 8 out of 10, it's possible he didn't like it as much as any <laughs> other normal movie ever. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, I I did the Barbenheimer, but I did I did it like I do any like uh, double bill watching, which is to um spread out over two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Both good, man. Both good. I I liked Oppenheimer too, but I think I liked it for different reasons than you, Kaz. Like yeah, you um, liked the last hour more than me. I really loved the, <laughs> yeah. the last hour. I thought the last hour, the um the security hearing and the um Senate. Is it is is it a Senate hearing, like a confirmation? Yeah, the confirmation yeah. hearing. Um, I really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed that. Um, up until that point, I was not on board with Robert Downey Jr. I didn't I didn't really get his performance. <laughs> but as that's revealed over the last hour, I was like, oh now I now I understand what's going on here. And <laughs> um as much as his character may be a fabrication for convenience for the movie. Works for the movie, so I'm, <laughs> like, yeah. you're in that like no man's land of like factually accurate is important, but also good movie is important. So and, yeah. and it like it does that it does that really well. So yeah, and um, yeah, I I thought it was like you, completely gripping. I had no idea that three hours had passed by the end of it, and at no point did it feel like a long movie. And it, there is so much to process and feel and um like get to grips with as you're going through it that you you just don't disengage from start to finish really unusual to find a film um that is that that efficient and that successful i think um yeah so 100 on board with oppenheimer it is the most i've liked a nolan movie since inception for sure easy um yeah so Definitely go and see. It. I didn't see it in IMAX, and also, um, I had zero problems with dialogue. I know that a few people have complained, and and there are like articles on the internet being written mm. about. Oh, it's yeah. a purposeful it choice too. to make the dialogue difficult to understand. I didn't find it difficult to understand, so I'm not sure what was with the sound levels in the screen that I went to, but I well, got he, the dialogue. Yeah. No, Nolan came out and said it, didn't he? He said mm. I did it on purpose. Yeah, recently. I don't yeah. want you to hear stuff. I mean, it's like no, no but I think it was today where he admitted yeah. that he doesn't use ADR, does he? No, so he, no, he, it's, he, like... it's all on set audio. That's it. So, oh, it's... you would never have guessed that from <laughs> yeah. watching the yacht scene in Tenet, would you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. you need uh, if you were going to do that, Mark, you you should have got me to go boom, boom in the background <laughs> while you were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I made Chris Nolan. There we go. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, yeah. And did you think that it would have been better if you'd seen um, Oppenheimer and then walked straight out and seen Barbie straight up? Do you think that's the full effect? I think both would have suffered immeasurably <laughs> from that experience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't imagine the tonal whiplash you must get either from going from one of the most downer endings in cinema in the last five years to the poppy campness of Barbie. I don't know how you could make that like emotional gear switch. Or the, it, or the other way around. Me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Going from, from a super pop, um, I'm a Barbie girl, Nicki Minaj fade out to <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, yeah, but, like, but... I would, I would be easily half an hour of like switching from one to the other. I, yeah. No, terrible idea. I've done social media. Well, yeah, but do you know what? The, you, you see so often, don't you? Whenever you talk about a movie these days, it's what's its budget and then double it for marketing. And you just go, hey, what, why? And this just shows where that money goes. This just shows yeah. when it works. It works. The whole Barbenheimer thing is a marketing creation. It's not even done by the individual bloody films themselves. They've all you no, know, kept themselves to themselves. Yeah, so it's a social media thing. So it's... this thing, and yeah. you know what? Fair play, if, if it really has been, what, the best weekend at, in, in cinema since Endgame, you know, fair play. That's, yeah, it, more, it, more gimmicky nonsense. If it gets people in the cinema, I don't care yeah. if it's gimmicky yeah, nonsense. Exactly. Both films were good. Good on everyone for going to see them both. Uh, there is some I, I, I've only seen one. You've slight, seen one. There's some slight uh, tragic irony in that um, one of the first people to have seen them both was Tom Cruise, wasn't it? <laughs> so it, before Barbenheimer was a thing, he got on and said, "They're coming out the same day. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing them both." And it, you know that was early on, but that's pretty much what's killed Mission Impossible, which has done like the worst of uh, Mission Impossibles for a long time. Um, no, I, mean, I, 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 I there's right. Let's be honest. Cruz is too savvy to to think that he could have stood in the way of of Barbara. Oh no, no. I think I, I mean, he's I, he's behind Blue Beetle. So I think he just no, wants cinema to survive. No, 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 no. no. Oh, I, I think I think we're going to see Mission Return to IMAX very soon. I mean, Oppenheimer is not going to have IMAX legs. It just isn't. Mission is going to come back, and it'll be a. It, it won't do the numbers everyone thought it did, but I think it will pick up a lot more in its second run. It would be smart of them to to bring it back for a, a part two double bill, for a, yeah. a run for the for the two in one. I would consider going to see that. Well, I haven't I haven't taken the kids to see it yet, and I'm I'm planning on seeing it, but I won't get around to it for about three weeks. So I'm kind of hoping mm -mm. that it has makes some kind of comeback because every time I look for showings, it's like all the good screens are Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yeah. So, uh, and I can't see that it's going to be trounced by Blue Beetle and whatever else we got coming up. Nothing. I mean, yeah, yeah. Nothing. But, um, sorry, you haven't seen either, have you? No, no. You're looking forward to it when I give you the Barbie 4K review desk. I'm absolutely just chomping at the bit. I am. <laughs> yeah. I just have to. Yeah, I hope I'm, that's not sarcastic because it is brills. Yeah, is... You, you can't have it to be honest because I want it. <laughs> um, what have we seen else? We've seen Meg 2. Yes, you know what? I wanted it to work. 
I wanted Jason Statham to to just punch more sharks, maybe headbutt one. You know, like I just I wanted this to work, but I read your review, Mark. Why? Why? Worse than Transformers? What? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, so so interesting enough, I, I have I have history with the Meg. I got in there with the first edition of the novel from Steve Alton. I got in there. See, it was always like giant prehistoric shark, sign me up. So that was it. I got his first edition. I'm I joined his website. I got free signed book plates, you name it, all of that before even the film was a twinkle in his eye. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the novels. Schlocky pot boilers, of course they are. But they're schlocky pot boilers about a giant megalodon. So brilliant. So, of course, the first film came out, went to see it, was horribly disappointed. It was there on opening night. Horribly disappointed that it was toothless, gutless, you name it. But I've seen it a few times since then, and it started to grow on me. And especially the, this last time I watched it, a few weeks ago, I watched it with my daughter. Had an absolute whale of a time with it, it in, you know, and I kind of made peace with it. What I didn't want then for this sequel was for Ben Wheatley to come in and do a John Turtle tab, which is exactly what he did. You know, you hire someone like Ben Wheatley. Let, let's be honest. If you are in Warner Brothers, you hire Ben Wheatley with his form, with his, I mean, iconoclastic you know, filmography that goes everywhere from Free Fire is the nearest thing that even resembles the Meg, and even that stands out in his filmography. You know, when you've got the likes of Kill List and Sightseers and A Field in England, and oh my word, right? When you hire that Ben Wheatley, you expect a Ben Wheatley film. And the most disappointing thing for me is that we did not get a Ben Wheatley film. Just, I couldn't see anything, anything of the director in this whatsoever. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so uh, given that my expectations already have suddenly plummeted, the fact that we then got a very strange narratively inert film, the first half has very little Meg action in it, takes place at the bottom of the sea, no spoilers or anything like that, but it's, it's, it wheels out some ridiculous corporate espionage crap for the plot that Ben Wheatley really struggles then to to bring any form of cinematic spectacle to it. It's murky, it's dark, it's edited horribly. It's just a mess. Oh, I think the, the, the marketing team for the Meg 2 also earned their money because every single scene in that trailer is from the film's second half, which suddenly <laughs> bursts above the ocean. And that's when you start to get the lunacy of three Megs and a massive octopus chowing down on basically you know multiple people who wouldn't go amiss from love island so you know in in some respects the second half is significantly better but by that point the film's lost you there's ridiculous plot i mean you you don't go to see the meg to see you know complex coherent plotting uh <laughs> but even some of the stuff in this is just barnstorm ridiculous you know i, I again I, I can't go into spoilers but no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I won't. I won't do it. <laughs> Something happens that that then goes. Yes, it reminds you you're at the bottom of the sea, and you know pressure. And then five minutes later, something else happens, and you go, "Have they forgotten where they are?" And <laughs> at that point, you just think, "Sod off, sod off, Wheatley. You've had it. That's it. I'm gone." Uh, you, you know, 
th- th- there will be fun to be had. There will be people who will come to this and go, shut up, Mark. It's a giant shark beer and popcorn Friday night movie. And do you know what? If you can take it like that, fill your boots. It's, there is, you know, I, I quoted something like a Warlords of Atlantis in my review because literally, you know, the octopus, the octopus in this is in it as much as the octopus in Warlords of Atlantis. You don't know where it's come from. It's got no, it's just there to be an octopus for a few minutes. <laughs> and 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 there's there's a, there's a giddy little child in me that still finds that kind of stuff cool. <laughs> what can I say? You know, but on almost every other level, and especially the fact that this was a Ben Wheatley film, it was a crushing disappointment. Now, Ben Wheatley's a smart cookie. If he's gone into this going, do you know what? I'm going to take this and I'm going to secure my career for the next five films. Good on him. You know, fair mm. dues. If, if, if that's what's happened, and of course I would never suggest that he'd be so cynical to do that, but if that's what happens as a result of it, fair play. We get more actual Ben Wheatley. But for me, it was... You know, I really wanted to like this. I really, really did. It's not the first time a director has shown some flair and some promise. This king landed a high-profile blockbuster movie and it's sucked all the life out of him. I mean, but this is, you know, this is this isn't even, you know, uh what's the last one I could think? You know, Chloe Zhao doing Eternals. It's not even that. I mean, this is so far. Ben Wheatley, the Meg. You know, and it's just like there's no meeting in the middle. He's just gone whoop, straight whoop, wrong way, <laughs> that way. He's just gone straight over into it and gone. He's unleashed his inner turtle taub, unfortunately. <laughs> so, you know, it's one thing I will say is for, for the first Meg, I got over my initial disappointment. And by the time I watched it three times, I started to, to quite get into it. This may happen with this one. Once my crushing expectations and disappointment are well and truly banished, I might actually enjoy it for the. You know, you're, you're already committed to watching it two more times. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I well, feel, no, feels so, like someone who's pre-ordered the 4K steelbook no. for 35 quid. No, no. Uh, d- d- I mean, I mean, Ava's already said she's desperate to see it. So at some point, I will see it again with her. But you know, you know, I mean, it, it's. I, I think more than anything, expectations going into this. If you if you expect the Meg, the film, the Meg Part Two, and nothing else, you'll be okay. If you went in expecting anything different you'll be massively disappointed i think but hey have at it all i hope i hope more people really do enjoy it <laughs> fantastic mark you've really really sold that yeah, i must not... go and watch warlords of atlantis again <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> where's my doug mcclaw box there come on arrow that's uh, what the, i want the amount I've got of it upstairs somewhere you mentioned turtle taub and i never had the opportunity to segue into tom's review of turtles oh <laughs> sorry it's <laughs> so close so close <laughs> so tom has seen the latest turtles movie which you know the trailers made look pretty interesting and it turns out to be great yeah it hooked like the when when you say like another Ninja Turtles movie, like gut reaction for most people is going to be oh, again. Like how many yeah. times are they, how yeah. many times are going to try and fail to do this? Because this is now the fourth iteration of a movie franchise for the Turtles, uh, which is absolutely bonkers when you think about it. Because we had the we had the movies in the 90s, so, you know, Turtles, Secret of the Ooze, Turtles in Time, which I have a <laughs> massive soft spot for. Um, and the Secret of the Ooze, actually. I had the comic book of that as a kid. 
I guess full disclosure, I was a turtles kid. I loved the turtles when I was no. I really <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> After Thundercats, I moved on to the turtles. It was like <laughs> seamless. Um, and yeah, and then you had the the TMNT movie, which was like a interesting. Uh, That's pretty good. Yeah, it was okay. The the one where they've all been um, estranged from one another and have to get back yeah. together. That's that's a pretty good movie. Um, and then obviously you had the the Bayformers um, yeah. iteration, which even those I'm kind of like, do I like them more than the Transformers movies? Yeah, I probably yeah. do. Yeah, I probably do. Yeah. Um, that's not hard though. I mean, no, I mean, that's not that hard. All that being said. Just come to this fresh. Like, forget forget all of that stuff. This is a new um, telling of the story of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, so if you ever saw the cartoon in the nineties, if you ever read the comics, just forget all that. It's it's a new interpretation of it, and and it is all the better for that. Um, it is refreshed and refreshingly teenage. Um, I don't think any. Um, adaptation, I suppose you would call of the of the Ninja Turtles has ever they've all they've all been like older teenagers, you know. You you would say that they were like 17, 18, 19. These are like 13, 14 year olds, and and it goes hard on that wanting to be in high school, wanting to get a girlfriend, being into nerdy stuff that nobody else gets. And on that front, it's really, really like honest it's just really sincere it's like the beginning of the first spider-verse movie where miles uh, morales is a kid that just doesn't really fit in and it makes you believe that he's just kind of an awkward guy and it does the same for the turtles which is something that i never thought like I, you know give them some character depth of character that's not interesting to me except in mutant mayhem the the latest movie they really get into that and that's like one of the strongest elements of of the film so um yeah so it's it's the story of the turtles normal turtles get dripped in ooze turn into mutants are raised by a dad rat who is jackie chan um wants to be part of the world but dad rat jackie chan doesn't want them to be part of the world so they decide that to become accepted they must become heroes um, and the way to become heroes is to foil the plot of this high-profile criminal called Superfly. Um, and as they try and foil this plot, it turns out that there are mutants everywhere. And it just becomes a movie about acceptance and being a bit different and sticking out and trying too hard to fit in and not trying at all to fit in and just trying to find the compromise between those two places. And it's just very um, honestly warm and and forgiving of both of those viewpoints. The turtles are not in the right for wanting to be liked by everyone. April O'Neil, who they meet, who's like a, a teenage high school reporter, just wants to be liked. She wants to become a reporter so that people will respect her and you know, the problems inherent in that are exposed. And equally, Superfly and his plan to take over the world with mutants 
is also given kind of a human side and you don't think like he's not an inherently bad guy it's it's um it's really balanced aside from all that stuff the storyline which is which is um quite good and very engaging the animation is ridiculously good it is contender for my favorite animated feature this year mm-hmm. um yes against across the spider-verse um, and i wrote in my review that like across the spider-verse does a lot of things really well like it it goes for a breadth of style and it tries to um, showcase as much different animation technique as they can fit in one movie and that's impressive but equally impressive is to choose one route and just go full force on it and and the aesthetic they've created for this new turtles movie which is very hand-drawn very scribbly very like homemade there's like a stop motion quality to the animation and there's a doodly quality to all of the effects and scratchy character outlines and it it works it it works more um holistically than across the spider-verse it it as a a visual theme it it's incredible to look at every second of it is a joy to watch because there are moments of it where you think this i could be watching a child's drawing or i could be watching a stop motion like claymation movie or i could be watching a cgi movie all of those and none of those and and it's just just fascinating to watch it's been an interesting um, year for different styles of a- animation because sure. we had um puss in boots last wish which i wasn't expecting to look the way it did and we obviously had spider-verse leading the way for things like this and we had Nimona, we had mitchell's and the machines and now we've got this i mean it's it's interesting that they've stepped out of the box for animation and and they don't feel constrained by delivering one particular thing this scratchy crazy funky comic booky aesthetic is yeah it's like four or five years ago somebody gave studios permission not to all just look like DreamWorks or Pixar, <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. You you yeah. don't have to make this look like everything else. You can mm. do whatever you want, and people will want like not just accept it, but want that. Um, so I hope I hope we see more more like yeah. daring animation like this. Yeah, well, I remember watching um, Puss in Boots and thinking this looks nothing like the Shrek movies, like Puss in Boots: The Last Wish, mm-hmm. and think this this looks nothing like the Shrek movies. And then after a while, thinking looks better yeah. it's uh it's nice nice that there's some people are, are giving the chance I, I i need to take the kids to see this mm, yes awesome uh, summer uh, holiday movie for sure um and horror talk, talk, <laughs> talk to me about horror i can talk to you about talk to me um <laughs> yes go and see this it's it's great um it's a horror um, which has nominally had A24 slapped on it in America, although <laughs> it's not really an A24 movie. It's a it's a movie they've bought up from Causeway Films, um, which if you're into Aussie movies, you may recognize from The Babadook and The Nightingale, both of which are brilliant. And this um, is n- not quite at that level, but it's well on the way. Um, yeah, the, the movie uh, is about... 
talking to ghosts and being possessed. But the method for talking to ghosts and being possessed is super novel. It is the uh, severed hand of a dead medium covered in porcelain and like with felt tip pen all over it with little incantations and pleading. And it's such a great prop. Like immediately that they bring it out within the first few minutes of the movie, it's like, already this is good. Like what you've made here is enough to bring me into the movie because the, the prop is so good <laughs> and so novel. Um, and from there, it just goes from from strength to strength. It it hits a lot of beats that you would expect a horror movie about ghosts and possession to hit. And it hits a lot of beats that you would expect a movie about teenagers and talking to ghosts and possession to um, to hit. But it does all of them well, and it does enough of the uh, you know subtext stuff um, to keep it in vogue. And and um, I won't I won't say too much about it because I don't I don't want to spoil no, any of the sounds... plot points. But it's just a good horror movie. It's not particularly scary, but man, you know what is it anymore? So like. I think the background for this is absolutely fascinating. The the, the brothers who directed it, they're, mm. they're YouTube pranksters, aren't they? Yes. And That's... if you go and watch any of their YouTube videos, <laughs> they are nothing like this movie. <laughs> I have no idea how they have gone from that to it's, this. But it's, good for them. It's, it's mad to hear about it. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to go see this. Yeah, for sure. It's um, if, if you have any interest in horror at all um, and supporting independent film, Go check it out. I will. And supporting A24, of course. It's it's <laughs> In the UK, it is an altitude film. So go and support them because they've also occasionally bought some neat movies. <laughs> I think they did Black Demon, I think. Bloody hell. They did, they, <laughs> yeah. they also had like uh, Moonlight, I think, in the UK. So they, oh, I'll let them off. You know, you know. Yeah, well done, A24. <laughs> <laughs> I've... Um, <laughs> I've seen Gerald Butler's latest. I like Butler, and he's had a nice Ooh, Butler. Yeah, he's had a nice little um, turnaround recently with uh, Greenland and uh, some of the movies he's done since. Butler Renaissance. I, yeah. I can't even work out what. Yeah, you can't work out how that works, but That's it's something. Just not going to work. He's uh, he's doing a Greenland too, and he's he's re- reuniting with his Greenland director uh, for Kandahar. <laughs> Um, I enjoyed it. I, I, it's it's uh, Gerard Butler's kind of CIA. Um, he's a consultant. He's independent. He's drafted in to do stuff like take down servers. Something something seems relatively innocuous, but he has to do it with the threat of death by hundreds of people uh, pointing guns at him if he doesn't pass himself off as genuine for the task. And uh, and of course, things like that lead to um, lead to a massive manhunt for him. Uh, it's it's engaging, a little bit different for him, and it's got slight survival movie vibes. It can't help though, but come in the wake of um, uh, Guy Ritchie's Covenant, which was honestly a better movie on, on all levels about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a shame you saw this, did you, Sai? I watched it last night, yeah. And what did you make of it? Um, it was okay. 
Um, it is okay. It was okay. Um, quite cliched, um, fairly obvious, relies a lot on convenience and plot points to get from set to piece to set piece. But when it's in those set pieces, it's very good, except when you're at night when you can't see a bloody thing because it's a very, very, very dark movie in the night times. It's interesting you say that because you watched it in 4K HDR on Amazon. I didn't. I saw it on preview. I didn't have HDR. And it oh. was it was fine for me. It looked great. And, and when I read all these comments about how ah. it, it was unwatchable, I was like, my God, Amazon, what have you done? What have you done? It was fine. I watched all the night scenes and I actually thought the night scenes were tremendous. There's, just for context, the, they might have been. one of the... One of the most uh, sort of innovative ideas behind this, and I wasn't fully behind it when it started happening, but I got into it, was he's got to drive through the desert at night <laughs> and he has to wear visions. night vision goggles. Yeah, yeah. And initially you're like, this is really, this is just a really bad idea. But it works really well for tension, especially yeah. when there's like an attack. But all the comments on the review thread are like, I can't see anything. It's shot at night. It's all blocky. Oh, my God, it looks spectacular to me. It was m one of my favorite bits of the movie. That's it's, really, really it, interesting. It, there's no blocking. There's no crush. I mean, it looked. No, there was, there was no blocking. There was plenty of crush. It was very, very dark. Um, when, when, when they, um, after, after the, uh, the helicopter attack, when they're sitting on the, on the side trying to talk to each other, it's like, you know, if I was to switch off all my lights, that's what it would be like. You could just about see something and you're thinking okay perhaps that is supposed to be how realistic it is when it's dark in the desert no Directors that's hdr on amazon that's <laughs> absolutely the hdr on amazon the lesson we learn is that 720 sdr is the correct format <laughs> <laughs> yeah. everyone go out and buy this on dvd <laughs> i thought it was uh it's okay uh, yeah, it's okay think it's okay as well it's a perfectly watchable streaming vehicle yeah. and a butler i think is good in it I would say that they could have easily avoided all of this covenant comparisons, which it does really draw, by mm. just not having an interpreter in it because yeah. he wasn't it was, as he wasn't really it was completely unnecessary to yeah. the plot. It was, yeah. You didn't need so, to be there. So I think uh, I don't know why they did. It's another one of these things where it's really weird that they've done two almost identical movies yeah. about sort of soldiers behind enemy lines racing to get to the border to save themselves with their interpreter and this backstory about their interpreter's family and all and it's like who who green lights these two identically themed movies and releases them both on streaming i think they're both on amazon mm. <laughs> just anyway yeah. um it's perfectly fine for streaming and i like butler and it's 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 harmless butler stuff anyway next up 4k If you enjoy the podcast on YouTube, then please like and subscribe. If you're listening to the audio version, then please leave us a rating on your podcast app. We invite you to email questions and feedback to podcast at avforums.com and join in with this episode's discussion thread in the podcasts forum at avforums. Right, so for some 4K discs, I... We have so many of these podcasts, and they're so oddly spaced apart. Did we cover Cross of Ironside? Did we? Did we? I, I don't think we did. I don't think okay. we did. Um, I, I just that, that's, that's live, well live now, isn't it? Yeah. It is, it is well live, but if we missed it, I feel like we ought to give a quick shout-out for 
Sam Peckinpah in 4K. Am, am I correct in saying this is the first Sam Peckinpah? I mean, they're not. There's no Wild Bunch. There's no Getaway. There's no Must be. Uh, Alfred Garcia. There's no. Uh, imagine yeah. that. Yeah. Oh my God! I I've got four copies of that on Blu-ray. <laughs> I've got like a German Pock Media copy. I've got the UK one. I've got the US one. They've all got different artwork. And and the other day, the wife turns to me and says why have you got four copies of the same movie in the same format? And I'm like, have you seen the artwork? She's just like rolling her eyes at me. And I'm like, maybe I'll get rid of one of them. And I look at the artwork for all four and I'm like, I'll just stack them together and put them over me. I'd rather give up one of the kids. Yeah. <laughs> so unnecessary. Uh, yes. Any, any, anyway. Anyway. And um, yeah. it's Cross of Iron. Coming limited edition steelbook, wasn't it? To begin with, let's get started. It was, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it's it's a, a strange choice, really, because um, it's not one of his best films. Quite well known, I think, but uh, it's a peculiar. He was he was kind of uh, in in a bit of bad in a bit of bad ways. Demons were getting the better of him. He was heavy into drinks and drugs at the time. So whilst you can, there there was a, a certain amount of back and ball flair throughout the movie, the actual taken as a whole, it's not great it's okay but it's not great you've got you know that the the main guy um is is a typical uh peck and par leading man you know but that's that's all he is he doesn't have any kind of backstory or drive behind why he is who he is which in all the other films they do um yeah it, it's it's okay it's okay i don't i don't dislike it and, it, and, it, and it's unusual in the fact that you're you're looking at uh, a war from from the german point of view which is mm. very very rare yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I it, it's okay. It's not great. It's okay. The transfer, however, is magnificent. Absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, I really, really got on well with this transfer. It looks, it looks for all intents and purposes like like film. When you when you um, um, when you screen a film at the cinema, it's your thirty-five mil, not the digital renditions of films that you tend to get nowadays. But there are slight variations between reels because that's when it was produced. Everything they tried to get everything the same, but in real world, you can't actually get everything exactly the same. And those are transferred to this disc, so there are slight differences between the reels. And I love that. I think that's fantastic. So I really got on well with this this particular disc. Yeah, I, um, yeah, it's it's worth picking up just for the transfer, um, even if you don't get on quite so much with the film like I don't. It's still pecking bar. It's a great transfer. The sound's okay. The extras are okay, but the transfer is worth picking up. It's brilliant. I loved it. I mean, I hope that's Studio Canal form to kind of release one of the lesser known films on the format before releasing kind of other ones. We'll See, give you Red Sonia before giving you, I don't know, Conan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but that's the problem. I don't think Studio Canal has any more of his films. Don't say that. Just don't say it, Mark. Let me dream for longer than say it to me on the chat in a week's time. Okay, let me, okay. Let me just let me just have a dream. I mean, here's how my dream plays out. They release <laughs> Cross of Iron, knowing that it's a less less sort of popular Peck and Par. They get people to buy it because it's Peck and Par, and then they release another one uh, of his. You know, like I don't know. What would you pick as next? Pack arrows, straw dogs. No, they're gonna they're gonna get sales on straw dogs and on wild yeah. bunch, and they release like pack arrows. I'd love to and see then they release, like, personally. 
Yeah, Ride the Hard Country, mm, and or they release um, uh, The Getaway, which I got a re- real soft spot mm. for. You know, they they release some of these, and then they build up to kind of Wild Bunch era. Yeah, we, I guess. You know, the next one we're going to get, and it is going to be Alfredo Garcia because it's with Arrow. So that'll be the next. Let's be honest, Arrow aren't behind the pale about churning out new 4K of stuff they've already released. So that'll be your next one. You think we'll get? Yeah. Don't say this. This you flip. You go from <laughs> we're not going to get any more Peck and Part, and we'll get no. my favorite Peck and Part. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Studio Canal won't release any more Peck and Part, and they don't have any more. I can't handle this. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm sitting here with. Four copies of Alfredo Garcia over there, contemplating <laughs> buying a fifth one and the ensuing divorce. Yes. <laughs> it's just... Yes. Anyway, okay. Well, that's that's good. I, I'm going to pick that up, but I'm grumpy that it's a thirty quid steel book, right? No, out the, the, there the is standard, standard. Edition, that's why. Is yeah. There? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's it. I'm off. Right, hang on a minute. I, I, I'm going to Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would. Uh, I would still probably get it if it was the only way you could get it, but they've announced the standard. I'm just going for standard on on this one. Yeah, 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 so, definitely. But yeah, no, um, great, great review. So I'll be having that. Yeah. And yesterday I was this close to watching Jaws too. Lovely Italian set came through the post, mm. ready to put it on. Turned to the wife, let's watch Jaws too. She looks at me and goes, "Yeah, that sounds good. We should really watch Jaws one first. Like, well, we know Jaws one, but she's like, "No, let's watch Jaws one first. So I've got Jaws two over here. It's, it's a different, it's a different film, Kaz. It's a different shark." <laughs> Anyway, so I came this close to getting past the art cards yeah. and the and the lenticular cover. Um, uh, uh, have, have you have you checked out what what the Italians have done for the booklet? It's no, really, it's I really haven't. Quite cool. It's a little uh, inlay saying this is the Italian no, version. No, no. So so you, you, the worry. So Kaz and I obviously we missed the UK steel book special edition type thing because we're you know lazy or something uh but the but amazon italy still had it for like 40 odd euros so we both raced and ordered it mine arrived a bit ago and and it's fully english complete it's fully english friendly apart from the j card on the back but you get the booklet out and it's totally in english and you think oh, those italians you know they're playing them they're, they're, they're content with the english and then you open it and a little bit of paper falls out and it's a folded bit of paper that's just got all the narrative of the booklet squished onto half a side of a4 and folded up in the back of it but bless them you know they tried so uh, so, so 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 yeah so so ben wheatley should have watched this before he made the mega two honestly <laughs> tell you what he, 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 he could have learned something i mean look we've all we've all seen the film i mean it's a uh again like 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 so many things it really shouldn't have worked you know and the idea of a jaws sequel now is utterly laughable but i think at the time the master stroke was turning it basically into a slasher you know teenagers out on the water getting terrorized by an unseen killer and 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 it works really well the bits of the film that don't work really well are pretty much almost a whole of the of the second act where it, it's less about the shark and, and the kids and it's more about the town how much of this is due to the much publicized problems the film had uh you know roy scheider famously hated the idea of being in the film hated being in the film hated the director they didn't get on poor old murray hamilton his wife was taken ill during the shoot and he basically asked to just leave it so they crammed all his scenes into a couple of days so they could let him go so whether or not that that second act was you know heavily influenced by that but frankly by the time you get to the third act 
there is there is stuff in there that to me as a kid who's probably saw this more on TV as a kid than the first film, there there is stuff in that third act that is, you know, as iconic as anything in the first film. Uh, you know, the attack on Tina's joy gave me nightmares. The image of that that poor kid getting dragged through the water and crashing into the side of the boat. Well, it's making my skin crawl now thinking about it. <laughs> uh, you, you know, the, and 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 we, the, the shot looked rubbish. It, we saw far more of it. And it looked rubbish, but there was still some some shots there that stuck with me. The the bit where you know the the young kid is just getting shoved out by the by the woman who's in the water, and the shark comes up behind her, and it's just like again, you can't see the hairs on my arm. And standing up, just thinking about crap like that. Mm. So anyway, the film is the the, the film is. It shouldn't work, and it is nowhere near the level of the mastery of the first film, but it shares a lot of its DNA in terms of having some of that jaunty levity, good character work between the kids, and some really good, strangely, kills in it. So the, fil- the film is is a solid sort of 7 out of 10 for me. Yeah. The, four- the, the 45th uh, anniversary 4K restoration looks really good. It's not on the same level as the first film at all the underwater scenes look really soft and apparently they were shot on problematic film stock uh there was some hazy shooting choices shall we say the scene you know where the old woman is being interviewed after the water skier the the boat is just blown up uh it's honestly it's like someone stuck stuck gauze in front of the camera it's all hazy diffuse supposed to be like that to give it some kind of strange dreamy look i don't know what what janet swartz was thinking uh but ultimately when it's good the restoration is very very good detail levels are up significantly the colors hate to say it pop like a badden when the the water ski boat explodes the, the the fireball is 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 dazzling uh it's just slightly slightly inconsistent in terms of that level of quality uh, doesn't go all the way through. Grain looks good on it, though, all the way through. That's one thing I will say, and it's possibly overlooked in a lot of these stuff. It's only when you start to do comparisons of, of what the 1080p disc look like, you start to see things like the background grain. It clumps on the Blu-ray. It's nice and smooth on the 2160p. And I think that's one of the unsung heroes of the format is it's better treatment of grain. Uh, the audio is the same audio track as it was before. Disappointingly, there's no extra on-disc supplementals for a 45th anniversary. And especially as there's been interviews on YouTube with the cast, you know, going over some of this stuff that isn't anywhere at all. You'd have thought they could have stuck some of those on the disc, but they haven't. So it, there's a couple of disappointments in the set. Uh, but for me, I, I, I bought this because I love the design of the Steelbook that, ironically enough, mimicking a shot out of the Meg 2, where you get the iconic poster of the water skier. But but reversed. So from the inside of the shark's mouth, I think is is really witty. Uh, so love the design on that. If you do want the the steel book edition and all that stuff, it is still available on Amazon Italy for I think forty four euros. Uh, otherwise, the regular edition is it's all the same stuff on that. So yeah, good good anniversary edition. Not quite as good as Jaws, both in terms of the transfer and the film. But hey, what is? What is? Yeah. <laughs> what is? I'm still looking forward to watching that. Although you should, right. I mean, Jaws was just magnificent on a rewatch. I'm, I'm going to wait a while before watching two. <laughs> what, watch Deep Blue Sea and warm yourself up. Yeah, or the Meg, or the Meg Two. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> when, when are they going to get to the revenge? That's what I want to know. Come on, I, t- I tell Ma- you what, Michael Caine's best movie. I tell you what, I have watched Jaws three in 3D, and it's great. 
that's great. <laughs> it's just you can see. I mean, that the, the terrible co- compositing that that was on the 1080p Blu-ray, where it just looks that shark's just like hanging there. So someone's dangling <laughs> a shark in front of the camera. It is actually coming towards you in 3D. So I'm down with that. So yeah, just three in 3D. <laughs> I recommend it. <laughs> oh, uh, I I mean I don't think. I don't think we did Dungeons Dragons last time either. I lose track of these things, but I, I had a blast with Dungeons Dragons. Yeah, it's a good film. Um, I saw it in 4K. I think you saw it at the cinema, didn't you, Tom? I did. It was cinema super fun. It. Yeah, super it was fun. It was just it had no right to be that good. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it is very... immediately disposable. Yeah, like, mm. yeah. But that's okay because yeah. for for the like two hours or whatever that it's on, it it's a blast. Yes. Yeah. Have Have you seen it, Sai? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so great it, fun. Great it's fun. it's it is Chris Pine's having a blast. I mean, it's it's uh, it's, it's, it's yeah, it is. Yeah. It's very enjoyable and uh, kind of that Jumanji sort of Spider Versey feel, I guess. Um, it but... does a good thing with uh, Richie Jean Page, which is <laughs> don't act. Yeah. It totally spock. It, it. Totally spocks him. It's just, it's just absolutely fantastic. I thought he was fantastic in it. it really, he's just him pairing him with Chris Pine, just completely piss taking throughout. I mean, they, you are literally going to walk over the rock. It's, <laughs> it's just, yeah. It was, um, yeah. I had a lot of fun with that. The disc is spectacular. Uh, 4K, Dolby Vision, Dolby Atmos, looks and sounds tremendous. I mean, you wouldn't really expect anything less, but for a kind of a mid-budget production, it could have could have turned out a lot worse. I, I thought it was tremendous. Uh, I strongly recommend people pick it up, and partly because I kind of want another one. So so <laughs> go <laughs> go check it out. Mm. Um, Mark's also got top ten Blu-rays for August. Yes, published today. Uh... Published today. It's it, it's probably one of the most varied bunch that I've had in a long while. We've got everything from, you know, anime documentaries. We've got insane Polish art house right the way up to, you know, modern blockbusters and coming of ages. But in, in terms of the, the, the pick of them, uh, the, the top four, I just want to mention now, I won't I won't go into too much detail about number four, the three musketeers d'Artagnan. Go read Tom's review because it's excellent, but it's it's huge fun. Not quite Leicester levels of Oliver Reed, Frank Finley, and Richard Chamberlain, but it's not far off. Uh, it it it's a rollicking modern blockbuster. Uh, but... it, I was going to say it's funny, Mark, that me and you agreed on how good it is, and exactly the bits that weren't as good. <laughs> like we we are entirely on the same page on this movie the, the sky's falling it's amazing the world is over uh, until so we start talking about severance so 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 go go see that go read tom's review it's great uh the same with the third choice uh are you there god it's me margaret now again many of you will go it's a 13 year old girl coming of age in the 70s based on a judy bloom book and go not for me but do you know what go read kaz's review because it's great <laughs> and it is for you it's a brilliant the film it reminded me most of was stand by me it's got yeah charm it's got heart it's got warmth it makes you long for a place you've never been it's great uh 
But go read Kaz's review on that and pick the disc up. It's great. The second one, I'm going to... I put Scum in there. Now, Scum from Indicator had a massive uh, limited edition re-release a couple of years ago. What they're doing now, what Indicator do, is they eventually get around to releasing standard editions. And it's basically the, all the on-disc stuff is exactly the same. They just lose the box, the booklet, posters, art cards, all that. The scum, well, you, you, if you haven't seen Alan Clark's, oh, God, it's brutal. It's absolutely unflinching about teenage, the boar stalls back in the 70s. It's uncomfortable. Uh, but it, but it's, it's absolutely fascinating watching it through a modern lens. The whole notion of intergenerational conflict and how two generations mm. just cannot communicate. It's so relevant now with social media. Uh, the, the, the release from Indicator is amazing. Loads of it. It's got four hours of uh, video features on it. It's spruced up really nicely. Go check that out. But if you're going to go and spend any money this month, go pick up Squaring the Circle, a documentary about the story of, believe it or not, an art company called Hypgnosis. But they are the art company responsible for designing so many of the most iconic album covers you've ever seen. Dark Side of the Moon. Houses of the Holy, wishes you were, wish you were here, you name it. They, they did the lot, and it is a brilliant story. It's it's how an art firm matched the decadence of the rock royalty they were working with. Some of the stories are insane, uh, but I think m more for me when 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 you see many when you see documentaries now about that time and about about you know this period, these bands. So many of them concentrate on. In, you know the the problems of the time you know the the awful excess which we all sneer down our nose at the the fact that the bands had all this conflict and whatnot and what's really nice in this is it, it is celebrating that time it is celebrating music you will have roger waters talking lovingly about the time immediately followed by dave gilmore so and if you close your eyes you know you almost think that those two don't hate each other it's it's, it's really nice uh but, it, but but it's a great documentary i mean it's a great documentary anyway it's emotional there's some real heart to it but if you love those albums if that period of time and um, you know music means anything to you just watch this it's amazing so yeah uh so a load of bangers this month a load nice. of bangers so yeah check it out and a, just a thoroughly great time reading the article as well mark i don't you know i i'm Agreed. i'm not gonna blow smoke up your ass but that was a good Please that do. was a good read oh thank you thank you uh, and i know it's long and especially as kaz keeps sending me a release that consists of multiple films thanks kaz uh, I did but, say you could put multiple entries in there. <laughs> uh, but then, then it'd be a top 17. It doesn't quite have the same ring. But Mark uh, but, was very cruel about Crime Wave. No. <laughs> very cruel about do, Crime do, Wave. Do you know what? Crime Wave got us Evil Dead 2. If we didn't have to suffer the ignominy of Crime Wave, we would not have got Evil Dead 2. So frankly, you're right. I should have, I should have put a 1 in front of it. It should have been a 12 out of 10. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Tell us what's coming out of 4K, Mark. Uh, right, I'll very quickly skip through this. So, yes, now, for once, we have stuck one in the eye of our transatlantic cousins and gone, ha-ha, look at our release schedule, American <laughs> mateys. So, The Exorcist, it's finally coming. We knew it was coming for the 100th anniversary of Warner Bros., but it's finally coming on October the 9th. And while the US get that horrible standard edition cover that looks like it was designed by an intern 
with a hangover, we get a plethora of rather nice special features and limited editions. I personally have caved and gone for that super Bible limited edition from Amazon. Me too. You know, I'm a sucker. <laughs> uh, that's coming on October the 9th. Also, though, Halloween is around the corner. So you know what that means, folks? Oh, yes. Arrow have managed to force our wallets open even more. Uh, their previous Scarlet Box of Hellraiser oh, 1 to yeah, 3, Hellraiser they've yeah. gone and outdone it because now we're getting a 1 to 4 4K release. Yes, this includes Bloodlines, Hellraiser in space. <laughs> nice. Uh, but not only that, they've also announced, uh, all right, granted, it's the worst of Lucio Fulci's Gates of Hell trilogy, uh, but it's a Lucio Fulci Gates of Hell trilogy nonetheless. Uh, House, The House by the Cemetery is coming on the 9th of October as well, so that's great. Curzon uh, are releasing a huge Lars von Trier retrospective Blu-ray box set on September 25th, but I'm mentioning it here because Breaking the Waves is getting a standalone 4K release. A glorious film, heartbreaking film. Uh, but absolutely superb. Uh, U571 is coming from Studio Canal on the same day. Uh, now that is a steel book that looks very nice. I might, I might stunt for that. Uh, we don't know whether it's going to get an Atmos or a DTSX audio upgrade, uh, but who, who, you know, who knows? We all like to. I've look got back. a soft spot for that. We film. all like to look back fondly nope, at the, ta- it's at the time trash. when no. the American single-handedly won the war. Yeah. Uh, I like watching and, it for its like historical John accuracy. <laughs> of course, yeah. I saw uh, that one at the cinema, and I thought it was garbage as a teenager, and I was right. <laughs> uh, well, here, well, here you go. Uh, Studio Canal will bring in a, a slightly better World War II film. Uh, Roman Polanski's Oscar winner, The Penis, that's coming on the 18th of September. Uh, however, unfortunately, the US fight back. <sighs> we may have been leading at half time, but going into the second half of this, of this article, it's a different story. Uh, Arrow US are getting Peter Weir and Harrison Ford's classic Witness on the 31st of October. We're not swines. Uh, now, uh, Shout Factory, who are too busy ruffling feathers with some half-assed releases, World War Z, we're looking at you. However, they have announced Chuck Russell's The Blob oh, on 4K awesome. for October the 17th. Take all my awesome. money. Just take it all right now. Love that film. Uh, Halloween H2O is getting a 25th anniversary 4K steelbook <laughs> everywhere but the UK, <laughs> it seems. Uh, the US is getting it on 26th September with Germany and France getting theirs. That's the not a loss. <laughs> not really. <laughs> we, we might that counts get it. as an own goal. We might not. But <laughs> it's, it's like uh, David Gordon Green Halloween, like first attempt. Like it's the same movie, essentially. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I like H. Sure. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> to round this out with a bit of a rant, with a bit of a rant in a couple. This of whole thing ago, has been a rant. No, it's not. <laughs> couple couple months ago, I reviewed uh, Megan, uh, you know, the Killer Doll movie <laughs> in 1080p for my monthly Blu-ray column, and I think I said there, why is this coming out on 1080p and not 4K? Huh? Who knows? Well, Universal have only gone and Ruddy announced it for 4K, and the internet has lost its mind. Of course, does this signify a evil new move by those corporate studios of making us fork out for 1080p first, and then sneakily announcing 4K a few months later? Who thought studios were beyond such chicanery? <laughs> uh, but it, 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 
it is a bit of a goal because it is going to start making us think a lot more about picking up those first releases. Uh, I mean, it's one thing to release a film on Blu-ray and then wait three years and release a 4K. It's another to wait three months before you announce a 4K upgrade. They're they're just filling a hole in the market because like Disney aren't going to make any, so Universal are going to make twice as many. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's very true. They're not going to ship them to Australia though, Tom. You know, so... You know, so yeah, so that that's it. All done. Lots, Very lots nice. of good stuff there. It's a packed release schedule heading into Halloween. Okay. Well, next up, it's streaming TV show. If you'd like to support the AV Forums podcast on a regular basis, then why not become a patron? Head over to patreon.com forward slash AV Forums to sign up. You can also make a one-off donation through the super chat or via streamlabs.com forward slash AV Forums. All donations help us to improve the website and the podcasts. Thank you to all our supporters. You want to give them a shout? Right, so streaming TV show news. Um, just a thank you for thanking us for uh, recommending uh, Bloodlines. It's Blood always Hounds. Bloodhounds. It's always nice to have people um, give some feedback that you've actually watched stuff that we took a sideways recommendation to and that was from way back when when Sai told us all and we completely mm. ignored him <laughs> and then uh past it sell by day i decided to kick up a review because it was as good it as Sai said absolutely yeah. it was and i'm still ignoring him yeah mate you don't Back know what you're missing standard <laughs> standard yeah frank stallone so um <laughs> streaming we're going to go through this really quickly because we do want to pay a little tribute to Friedkin. So we're going to say Secret Invasion. Uh, I, I I would say that it's it's fine, but it, it, look, the problem with this is that it started off being a bit of an odd return for a supposedly celebrated Nick Fury front of the line TV show um, with a kind of a muted slightly incompetent Nick Fury (laughs) in it and I think I spent the entire six episodes waiting for him to to really pull one out of the bag and be kick-ass Winter Soldier style that era of yes my wrist has snapped no (laughs) cancel the deployment of countermeasures until I'm ready you know like that guy I wanted that guy and we didn't get him Sorry, he's a hundred years old now. <laughs> I mean, I get it, I get it, but it's it's okay watchable, but it's pretty cheap. I don't know how they spent that much money on it, and then I realized they spent a lot of money on pointless de aging bits. Um, the guy who plays the villain can't act for toffee and is uh, about as intimidating as a toffee. Um, but he's it's... but he's so good in stuff like you know One Night in Miami and. Yeah, I know his but, his yeah. scene of final episode shouting at Nick Fury, bad Nick Fury, yes, <laughs> so painful, just so yeah. painfully mm. awful, bad. Um, bad. But I nearly gave up yeah. at he that was, moment. He was still in his Ken mode because he was yeah. a Ken. He was. He was. He was. He was a delightful Ken. <laughs> I mean, it went wrong, and uh, you know, Sarah Connor, she was terrible in it. Daenerys. I don't know. Anyway, I, I can't recommend this thing, but I guess if you 
if you really go into it realizing it's pretty bad there's so much better television yeah. you just don't you miss nothing like by the end status quo is restored you've missed nothing by like like one new character with loads of superpowers, but yeah, <laughs> well, yeah well, it's, it's not going to come up in a movie though. Because well, they just don't. Yeah, mm. but you say that. I've I've heard rumors that the Marvels is going to see straight out of it. I mean, I don't know how, and I don't know how much is. That wasn't it? No, hang on. Wasn't it meant to be the other way around? Wasn't it meant to segue out of the Marvels? It was. They... Yeah, they were going to release the Marvels first. How are they going to flip that? Like that's. That's weird. They're gonna pull a Barbenheimer. Well, well, maybe it isn't. Maybe it's just maybe it's just the internet talking out of its ass again. You know, like it does. How unusual! <laughs> Futurama <laughs> is great. I I am enjoying it so much that I am delivering an episode by episode review. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <what it's> just... <laughs> um, I just started I... from the beginning. Actually, I'm up to episode um, season six to just to go right the way through again because yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so that's it's, why. Um, the new series has been a hoot. It, like um, when they brought it back for Comedy Central, mm-hmm. um, it it was diminished. It was not. There was a chunk of maybe six or eight episodes that were sort of outright bad. Really, like around the time of the Da Vinci Code and Proposition Infinity, like that that sequence of episodes. So when they brought when they said they were going to bring it back again, I was really worried it was going to be that again and then when they released the episode list the titles for the episodes online it had a load of these like um nods to present day concerns transported to the future which was a real like failing i thought of those comedy central episodes but actually of the three that have been released so far two of them have really made me laugh like properly laugh like old futurama used to make me make me laugh so Good. As so far, so good is what I will say. Ah, um, good. Yeah, because well, it had to do something because it ended so brilliantly. Yeah, last time. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I said in my, in the review that I wrote for it that it's, it's like no other TV show. It has had two perfect finales. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so like <laughs> they've, they've, they've got to make it special to, to make it worth carrying on, and, and they're doing a, a good job so far. So check that Excellent. out. Excellent. Nice. Right. Uh, we are going to have a quick tribute to William Friedkin, the late, great William Friedkin. And I fig- figure it's best done by us all naming our favourite films. So go, Mark. <laughs> so which was is going to pick? Oh, no, uh, no uh, I'm not going to mention those. My shout out is going to be for one of his lesser films because it's so insane. I love it. It's 1990s The Guardian. Oh, that's good. It's not. No, it is. No, no, Mark. (laughs) No, it is. It's it's good. This is the one where the evil nanny turns into a tree demon or something. Who knows what's going on? Jenny Seagrove (laughs) is in it. It's just utterly insane. But... I think what what I loved about Friedkin is he, he had such mainstream success, but even within that success, he was never what you'd call mainstream. It's just like he was like, I'm going to do this and I don't give a crap, right? Some of it worked, some films which you guys are going to talk about, some, some of it didn't. 
you know, but even with the likes of Jade, and, I was gonna, I was gonna say it was, was only, a, it was oh. only a couple of years later that he brought out Jade, and it's like, oh my, David Caruso, was, yeah, David <laughs> yeah. Caruso, and the writer of Showgirls. Oh, you know, but but uh, you know that I, I, you know, I so I, I'm I'm just gonna give a shout out to that because all the other stuff you guys are gonna mention is, is all utterly immense, but. Freakin was just and Killer Joe, you know, quick shout out for Killer Joe as well of recent yeah. years. Jane's and, got a fantastic car chase in this. I mean, a uh, pointless, you know, and fantastic. It, it, it is chase. pointless, but yeah. I mean, it is it is. Who goes to that style. erotic thriller to watch a car chase? Yeah. 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 It's just proper San Francisco Hills yeah. craziness. Yeah. Really, yeah. really. Yeah. So yeah, so everyone go and buy the Guardian and go and rent the Guardian and watch it. And it's a hoot, honestly. Of, of You'll be entertained. Yeah, You'll yeah, be entertained. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna shout out "Live and Die in LA." Yeah. I got the 4K disc coming in, and it's got to be one of my favorite. William Peterson. I, I've got a big soft spot for William Peterson. I think it's. I think it's a lot of fun. It shouldn't work on so many levels, but the soundtrack, the the visual design the the sort of plot of real anti-heroes real very yeah very seedy mm-hmm. uh willem defoe uh another cracking car chase mm-hmm. and lots <laughs> yeah. of you know it's 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 a great little movie i can't wait fantastic to ending yeah amazing mm. yeah it's it's it's, it's a mm-hmm. tough not didn't see that one coming no. ending. very very <laughs> nicely done yeah so to be missed. I mean, what what are you going to say? So are you going to say something big? Yeah. What's your no? What's your favourite Friedkin? Uh, well, I'm going to have to say Exorcist personally. Um, I mean, I, you don't have to say anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, one of the greatest horror films of all time, made by a completely batshit crazy director who was wanting to. Beat up all his, um, beat up the crew and and the cast to get the film that he wanted to see. The battle that they had with the with the the, the writer formed a, a film that was so good, transcend cinema. It's absolutely awesome, and it's great that we're getting it in 4K at last. The 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 other one that I'm desperate to see in 4K is Sorcerer. Mm. Um, oh, that's that's got it. That's always my pick because if you Ooh. don't. If you don't sweat like an old stick of TNT at the bridge scene, then you are not a human. The bridge like, scene is insane. It is one I of the most insane believe. pieces of cinema ever. So, so Roy Scheider in it looks like death, and and I seriously think that a part of him was left behind during the making of that movie. Everyone looks like they're on the verge of tears. Yeah, yeah, time. It, it wouldn't surprise me if Friedkin said to Scheider, "Right, mate, we're going to start shooting a week on Sunday. Just drive this truck to set." And stuck a camera in it, and you know, didn't even tell him what <laughs> yeah. was going on. Wouldn't surprise me if that's what Friedkin did. That bridge or, scene, or maybe he just used actual TNT. But like <laughs> yeah. that would be peak Friedkin, John John Woo style. But that bridge scene, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does not look like it passed any safety regulation tests ever. It no. it just looks like they cleared all of the cast and crew out, apart from the like three primaries and the guy with the camera, and yeah. they went, yeah, drive across this. 
it'll be fine. Yeah. It's, it's, it's genuine just, danger of death throughout, like yeah. for everyone involved. It's such a phenomenally Incredible. flimsy thing. Oh my god. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. That's no a, no that's... wonder. No wonder Shida was grumpy going into Jaws too. Blimey. <laughs> <laughs> I only just survived this. I tell you, that's one of those rare films. I mean, I love the original Wages of Fear, but that's mm-hmm. one of those rare films that tops it for me. Hundred percent remakes. That Better remake. Tops it yeah. For me. yeah. Right. Very nice. So. Coming soon. August isn't big on the cinema front, but Tom might be going to see Gran Turismo based on a true story. <laughs> I am. And it is, I hear, based on a true story. Based on a true story, yeah. That was me uh, playing a game, and they came and recruited me, and I said, no, I'm busy. Um, I, um, I saw the trailer for it this weekend when I went to see Elemental, yeah. and um, no one in the trailer is acting. Literally, no one does it's any a documentary. Acting. It's a documentary. It's docu uh, docu drama. <sighs> it's been a while. It's, it's been a while since we've had a Tom rant. I can yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you may, you may be in for one this week. We'll see. <laughs> we're going to get a Mark rant because you're going to go and see Blue Beans. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the first of the new DC era celebrated in style with Blue Beetle. I mean, when, everyone is really looking forward to this, aren't they? When Peter Parker gets bitten by a radioactive beetle, <laughs> it's just bad. Um, um, more likely to be actually strangely basic kind of streaming fun. Gal Gadot, absolute throwaway trash. Heart of Stone, Netflix. That's the, this week, I think. Friday, and then yeah. uh, on the disc front. We Mark and Sai have got early Aaron Second Sight titles, uh, Weird Science 4K, and Time Bandits 4K. Yep, Tom's going to this week, hopefully. Yeah, and Tom's going to check out Good Omens 2. It's great so far. That's it. You don't need to review it. Then. <laughs> so, and I'll have a, a, a premiere review of uh, the Justified Revival, which is also great so far. Nice. So, do let us know if there's anything we've not covered that you think we should check out. And that's it for the AV Forums Movies podcast this week. My thanks to the movies team. Sai. Thank you very much, Cass. It's been a pleasure to be here. Tom. Yeah. <laughs> and Mark. Toodle pips all. <laughs> if you enjoyed the podcast, please give us a like and subscribe to the channel. Plus hit the notification bell so you don't miss out when we publish our live streams, product reviews and more. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and bookmark avforms.com for the latest reviews, news and videos. Plus, why not leave us a five star rating on whichever service you use if they allow it, but only if you enjoyed the show. I am Kaz Harlow. Thank you for watching and listening and join us for another podcast soon.